Jacksonville Sheriff Mike Williams joins us on Jacksonville's Morning News. And as we see the number of uh, confirmed coronavirus cases in Duval County approaching 1,000, uh, we start off a brand new week. And I do wonder how many within the ranks of JSO are impacted by coronavirus, either with exposure or in quarantine as a precaution as we begin this new week, Sheriff. Hey, good morning, Rich. So, you know, that's the number we track, uh, as you can imagine, for the last six weeks or so. We, we look at that every day, and it changes every day. So we we have not had, you know, fortunately, we've not had a big impact. Um, so we've always been less than, than 1% of the workforce, you know, impacted by uh, either quarantine or, or exposure. And it really only had one positive uh, test, and that was a, a comm center, a communication center employee. So, you know, we've done well with that. So we, uh, again, just continue to monitor it every day. So then as you hear the stories about the flattening of the curve and even by the end of this week, the governor's office on the executive order on Safer at Home, what steps are you thinking of now and planning to take over the week ahead as we begin to kind of feel that next phase of this pandemic and ultimately begin a phased-in approach to return to normal, It would, I would assume? Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's, you know, at this point it's about messaging. I think you if you look around the community, uh, as many communities did all around the country, we responded very well. I mean, the mayor has done a great job of sharing information, you know, several times a week, and the governor has done a good job of sharing information and asking people, you know, to follow the stay-at-home orders and not to not to gather. And, and again, I, from my perspective uh, here locally, I think uh, the community has responded, you know, very, very well. So as we begin to open up and, and lighten, you know, restrictions and, and allow things to open. I think, uh, again, I think people will continue to respond well and, and follow the uh, follow the direction. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's about being able to open up uh, and and get back to normal, however long that takes. You know, let's take our time and make sure we do it right. But, uh, you know, like everybody, I'm sure uh, uh, most people are ready to, uh, to get back to normal. Yeah, the anticipation continues to build. I heard a podcast over the weekend and they profiled Rikers Island in the jail or the prison there. And it did make me wonder about the status of our jail. What, if any, steps you all are taking uh, today and or have been taking in recent days or weeks to minimize any potential outbreaks? What steps have happened there? Yeah, so I, you know, we've been uh, we've been monitoring this situation since probably early March, late February. Uh, as you can imagine, the jail, uh, you know, can be a problem when you talk about having an infectious disease outbreak. So that's a posture that we stay in all the time. You know, as we bring people in from all over, I mean, we we are always monitoring, you know, flu and and uh, tuberculosis, those type of things. That those can be critical. Uh, a critical challenge in a corrections environment. So, you know, we stay in that posture. We have really ramped up, though, since, you know, again, early March, late February, in terms of, you know, cleaning operations and uh, quarantining inmates who who may exhibit some symptoms. And we have the ability uh, to do that with negative pressure cells and, and again, lots of training for staff uh, that's really routine training. But, again, just reaffirming some of that. Uh, we were fortunate to have PPE on hand, um, we could have used more, obviously, but we had, again, because we stay in this posture, we had that on hand. And so we have not had any, have any, had any, excuse me, positive cases in the jail. So, you know, we've gone through periods of time, much like on the, you know, the, the street side of the operation where we have had officers quarantined and obviously had inmates quarantined. But again, we've been able to, uh, to manage it pretty well. And, and, uh, you know, so far, knock on wood, have, have done a good job in, in, in again, managing that. Have you taken any steps to release nonviolent offenders to reduce the census, or are you planning that over the coming weeks? So remember, that is a uh, – so we're responsible for care and custody of the inmates. The release 
really has a lot to do with the judiciary and the state attorney's office. And, and we did that rich uh, again back in March. I mean, so we looked at inmates who were close to being to sentence. We looked at, you know, nonviolent offenders, very low level offenders who, you know, maybe could not make a low bond. And so that that work was done by the state attorney's office. I mean, again, we had, you know, early to mid-March we did that. And so, you know, that was a step that we took early on. And it's much like I think we were in better, a better posture to evaluate that here. We do the same thing during a, a hurricane. If we have an impending storm coming, uh, then we'll cut that jail population as much as we can, again, based on, you know, low-level offenders, people at the end of sentence, that type of thing, so that we can uh, keep that population low. So, again, that was one of the first steps that we took, you know, again, about six weeks ago. Based on the figures, the number of violent crimes, specifically homicides, murders, has not gone down. In fact, over the weekend, an announcement of a 23-year-old arrested for a stabbing death and just last night on the west side. How in the world does this continue to grow as people are just basically not home or working? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, and we've talked a lot about this last the last uh, few weeks. I don't know that it that it's growing in terms of just being not affected. And I think that's probably the surprise. Uh, you know, as we looked at it going in, we thought, oh, no, what impact uh, is this going to have? How is this going to impact you know not just violent crime but other crimes in the city? As you can imagine, other crimes have gone down, less burglaries, uh, less auto thefts, those type of things because everybody's home. Uh, and then you have increases in domestic violence, and so we've seen that. So we have also spent more time, you know, on those initial calls to a residence, uh, so they can, you know, make sure that they don't come back, make sure those uh, those uh, situations don't escalate. And then, you know, the street crime that we see that that again, as we've talked about a lot, that gang, gun, drug culture, really, I think you could say has been unaffected uh, by by all of the restrictions. Uh, and again, sort of not a surprise in that sense, but you know, so we've. Like we always do when we have a spike, we've directed additional resources and and, uh, and and pulled people from other operations to make sure that we can address those hot spots and, and uh, been able to do that for the last week or so. And, and really, that's, again, a posture that we stay in uh, pretty much year-round. Sheriff, briefly, I heard you mention a few weeks ago that we saw an uptick or you were noticing an uptick in the numbers of domestic violence calls and incidents. Has that waned at all or is it continuing to build? Well, it's up this year. It's up almost about 20 percent. So. Uh, it will ebb and flow throughout the year, but that's usually that's that's a little higher than we see in terms of an increase through the year. You know, keep in mind crime numbers roll as we go through the months of a year, and then we we'll, we take that snapshot and look back 12 months at the end of the year and kind of see how the year went. Uh, but yeah, it's it's unusually high right now. So, you know, we we uh, we do a lot of work as you can imagine with Hubbard House and, and all of our other nonprofit partners who deal with domestic violence. So it's a conversation that we you know started to have with the community. Uh, just to raise awareness a little bit. And again, we've been talking to officers about spending a little extra time at those type of calls to, again, make sure that those things don't escalate uh, as they tend to do. You know, and so um, it's just something I think it's good to talk about in the community, make people more aware of it, and and, uh, and we can get the, you know, again, get it back under control. All right, Jacksonville Sheriff Mike Williams, good to hear from you, and thank you for carving out some time this morning. We'll-